0: Welcome to Lamestream here on 440 Sports. Rate, review, and subscribe. My name is Braden Gall. My co-host Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. You can follow Steve at Scavendish on Twitter. <laughs> there you go. You can
1: probably find me there on Instagram too, but you're only going to find photos of my dogs and my uh, and what I ate. So,
0: um, all right. So today on the show. Jonathan Hutton is going to be our guest, host of Midday 180 on 104.5 The Zone, as well as various different roles over the course of 15 years working for Titans Radio, covering the team, being a part of the team travel. And Steve, we have a goal on every episode of this show to try to teach people how to be smarter and more efficient consumers of media in Nashville as it pertains to their favorite sports teams. And there's a very clear goal with what we wanted to explain and illuminate with a conversation uh, with a guy like Jonathan Hutton.
1: Well, Hutton sits in a really interesting spot at kind of this, this nexus between being on the radio every day as a host of midday 180 on one point point five and being on Titans radio for 15 years now. And, you know, he has to cover the team, but, and talk about the team, but he also is part of the team's coverage to be clear. He doesn't work for the team. I think, I think Cumulus has that contract. And they put out the Titans radio show. So it's not like the Titans are paying Hutton. But he definitely has that relationship with the, the team and has had it for years. And so we wanted to talk to him about where the line is. Where does that affect you every day coming on the radio, talking to fans of the Titans, how you draw distinctions? Uh, he's a really interesting guy. He's really thoughtful about it. and I, I think it, it's just kind of a perfect sort of kickoff there.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the lessons and the goals that we wanted to work our way through in this conversation with Hutton is that we want fans to understand, and I think many do, that there are major sort of big-picture relationship forces at play with your favorite teams and your favorite media. That all these teams have relationships with their media partners that, you know, Cumulus pays the Tennessee Titans to have the rights to broadcast Tennessee Titans football games. That the Nashville Predators pay 102.5 the game, so that 102.5 the game can broadcast those games, and that those sort of forces with every team in the market and every media company in the market, those forces do have an effect on your content and how you consume and what you get. We just want you to be aware that that force, those forces are, are happening and at play, and that I want you guys to understand that that's happening, so that you can then take that tool and use it to consume media in maybe a smarter way.
1: There's a bunch of different models for this out there. The Washington Football Team. uh, Without a mascot anymore, uh, owns their own radio station in the D.C. area, and they've had a host of problems that come from that, from essentially writing checks for broadcast and being accused of being homers and and not uh, you know being accused of not being honest, and you know that that plays out with the hosts on different shows, and you know you're you're always sort of wondering what those relationships are, you know here in Nashville, like you said, the the Titans is a, is the most valuable sort of sports property on radio here in town. You know, that's why 104.5 and Cumulus are paying the Titans for those rights because they can build advertising around that because they know there's a huge audience. Everybody else is is in some other sort of limbo there from buying time uh, on a station to having stuff essentially go for free and, you know, different uh, teams selling their own ads. It, it's all it, it's all a little bit murky. And so it's worth it's worth exploring those relationships and kind of what effect it has on the content.
0: And it is not an un, it's not like an unusual Nashville thing. Like it's just part of the business. It is just part of the industry. And I've had many conversations with Pred CEO Sean Henry about this. I mean, he, listen, he would prefer that every single segment of every single show and Absolutely. every single article about on written on every single website be talking about his product and his team, the Nashville Predators, because that is his job. His job is to try to get as much coverage, as much publicity, and as much brand building as he possibly can, and they are brilliant at what they've done. But you also have to as a consumer, as both a Preds fan and a consumer of that content, you also have to understand that again, I think everybody knows when you listen to Mike Keith talk or Willie Donick talk or Joe Fisher talk that that play by play people can't really go out and be overly critical of a team. Like everybody right. knows that. Right. Eli Gold is not ripping on Nick Saban. No. <laughs> like, no. like it's just <laughs> That's part of the, the the gig. And I think fans, if you don't know that, need to know that. I think most do. The, the struggle for a radio host, because I have been in this role, is to... That, that tension is created between, and it was for me, between my... It's about my audience and about your business relationships. And you have to consider both at all times. When I'm on the air, I have always tried to be as loyal and as faithful to my audience as possible first while also knowing, not being a moron, as, as Jonathan Hutton will, will use the word idiot, I believe. Um, <laughs> y- you have to know that there's, there are lines you cannot cross. There's, and to me, it was always about being not personal, being fair and being authentic. And um, I just want, I, I think it's important that fans understand all of that.
1: Yeah, there's there's a couple of other sort of situations here. There's an ESPN affiliate here in town, which is what 102.5 is. You know, that network is gonna have relationships People will appear on certain air and not on others. You, if you ever wonder why does somebody, you know, appear once a week on a show or appear, you know, only on one station but not on another, even though they're not affiliated with either one, you know, those relationships kind of get created. Sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's just exposure for the people that appear. But all of that, there's a whole big tension going on behind the scenes of it.
0: It's funny you mentioned that. I, I know a lot. And this, and what's what's interesting, what you just said, is that it affects your consumption of content on a granular level if you listen to either of the two stations, radio stations in this town. And it really isn't decided by anybody in Nashville. It's decided right. by people way up in New York, way up in Bristol, You know these big, powerful companies with these, you know, like I was not allowed to have Rick Neuheisel or Adam Zucker on my show on an ESPN affiliate. Even though I know them personally, can reach out and have fun with them, they were not allowed because CBS wouldn't allow it. And that's CBS's prerogative. Well, that is the point of this particular show. We want to try to explain all of those little tiny things in your media life. And each episode, the goal is to try to give you some tools to work through those types of things. And, and again, at the end of the program, stick around because we're going to do ratings and recs at the end of every episode. So we'll take a look at the five biggest television shows and sports in Nashville for the past week. And then uh, we'll give you guys some recommendations, some of the stuff that we're consuming right now. So we'll give you that at the end. So stick around for that. All right. So let's get to Jonathan Hutton. Of course, Midday 180 host, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio Network. He's going to give you a fascinating story about Marcus Mariota being injured on a plane. Of course, they're going to explain to you, behind take you behind the scenes on what happens when the Titans COVID news broke live on their show. They were on the air on Tuesday when the the COVID testing results for some of the Titans players broke. He'll explain how they handled that and and work their way through that. And he'll explain to you where the line is on being critical of people that you actually work with. So without further ado, Jonathan Hutton from 104.5 The Zone. John, thanks for joining us today. We do appreciate it here on LameStream. And First, let's get started with how much fun it is to cover an NFL team during a pandemic, man. How how <laughs> God. How, how has it been different for you guys?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I've been in, with Titans Radio in some capacity since 2005. By the way, great to be on the podcast. I want to throw that out there too. But uh, what is it like this year? It's completely different. I'm not really around the team at all. I I attended two training camp practices because the camp practices that were open to the media took place during midday 180. And so I was allowed to go. We had one credential, I should throw that there. We had one credential based on the COVID-19 protocols. So when I say I was allowed to go, I took the credential on the weekend practices that were open and those were two. So I, I saw two practices and I didn't travel to Denver. I just traveled to Minnesota, but I traveled commercial, and I did not interact at all with the team or the coaching staff once I was there. They have no idea I was there in Minnesota. So it was. Uh, it, it's been a lot different. It's been it's been bizarre, uh, but I think uh, at the same time it's been fun because we have to kind of transition on the fly, and that's the challenge that that we've enjoyed doing. It sounds cliche, but I, I do think Mike and Mac and myself and everybody involved have enjoy trying to make sure that we're at the game covering the Titans, even though we're not with quote unquote, the Titans each week.
1: Do you think that the COVID protocols and, and just the, just the general atmosphere uh, has changed much around the energy around like trying to, trying to, I mean, you're, you're going to report and talk and and do whatever, but I mean, there's a, there's mean there's a noticeable difference in a stadium. Yes. There's a noticeable difference kind of around on game day. Is there anything missing?
2: The fans? I mean, that's the energy that we're talking about, right? Um, it hit me. So I was back in the studio for the, the Monday night football game in Denver. So it it didn't hit me until week two at Nissan Stadium, where we're about an hour and a half before kickoff. 90 minutes is when inactives come out. And I'm sitting there in the booth. Reading and actives and getting ready for pregame. And there's no music on in the stadium. They haven't piped in the crowd noise yet. And players are warming up. They're coming out. And Brett Kern and the kickers are out there. And there is no buzz. And you're just like, man, it feels like it's 8 a.m. And it's 10.30. They kick off at noon. So it, it, it always feels like it's 8 a.m. And the stadium has just opened up. And fans are still waiting to get in. Uh, in Minnesota, same thing. Massive, beautiful stadium empty, except for maybe 250 friends and family that they were that were there making zero noise. You couldn't hear them where we were. That's what's missing. The, the, the piped-in crowd noise helps, but if you're there and in the stadium itself and you see all the – it looks like a glorified scrimmage with the mountain of empty seats around them. It's, it's bizarre. I don't know how the players do it because, to me, you would feed off of that crowd energy – Uh, both good and bad, the trash talk for the away team and the home team when you get a big play and you get a sack on a quarterback and you do this dance and there's no one cheering. It's it's the same level no matter if you're good or bad. It's bizarre. Uh, But, you know, I think Mike Mike sets the tone for us with the play-by-play call. Uh, I think his goal would be if you listen to a play-by-play call this year compared to last year, while you may be able to tell that the crowd is piped in, you will not be able to tell whether or not he was, you know, extra energetic or not on a play. So that's to his credit and we kind of feed off his energy more than we would the crowd in the moment.
0: Everything has evolved through this process and there are certainly some some disadvantages to being away from the team, being you you know, you just rattled off a lot of it with the fans. Can you try to explain to people you, you said you're excited about at least trying new stuff that right? yeah. I think most people in the media get excited about when you get to do something in a different way and sort of view things from a different angle. Can you try to explain to somebody maybe what, and again, we'll get into a lot of stuff with you tonight, but explain to people maybe what those advantages might be because it's this virtual world we're living in. Is there anything that you can explain to fans that listen to your work, that listen to Titans radio, that listen to your radio show, that that, that you think they need to understand about, hey, this is where we've actually had, an advantage. We can actually do something more creative now because of this virtual thing
2: we're living in. Well, okay, so from from the daily regiment of a radio show, uh, I think the pandemic was it's gonna sound weird. It was it was fun and challenging for us and and Braden, you'll certainly know this, like you kind of get into a a a radio show schedule, right? Where you know on Tuesdays at for us eleven thirty you're doing XYZ. During the pandemic, there's no sports to talk about. There's, you know, there's nothing going on. So the challenge was, okay, how do we keep the listener to, to stay engaged in the show, want to call in on the show during a time where a sports show doesn't have sports to talk about? Uh, from a Titans radio perspective, I think the challenge is how do we tell the story without being in the locker room Without being at practice on a day-to-day basis, even though there are some cases where Mike and, and Coach Mac are allowed to go, it's nothing like it, it used to be. And when I say used to be, even last year, um, where do we focus our time and energy this year versus last year on preparing for a pregame show? Uh, how do you how do you cover a weekly uh, show where you don't have a ton of access to the opposition when it in, in terms of Uh, conference calls and and everything else involved teams are doing it differently i think the titans have been great with their access but not every team is is the same type of uh access on a week to week basis that's the challenge so how do you how do you tell the story without having the same tools that you would have had 12 months ago that that's that's what's been fun because again like you're this is year 16 for me it's it's kind of okay, I know exactly what my regiment is on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And now that's completely thrown out the window, but I like that because it's kind of tossed everything up in the air a little bit.
1: Uh, So let's talk about the radio show just a little bit. Um, the station shuffled around. They spread you guys out, tried to take advantage of, I mean, you guys have the biggest show at one Oh four five. Uh, thank you. (laughs) Do you like the, do you like the changes? Uh, do you like being earlier? Uh, and how is, how have you guys adjusted? Are I guess, well, first of all, are you guys all back in the studio yet? No. You're, so you're still, you're still doing everything yeah. remote.
2: Like being in front of you guys is like the coolest thing ever because we're not allowed to go in studio and interact with our host on a day-to-day basis. Um, uh, no, the, in all seriousness, it hasn't really changed all that much for midday 180 with the shakeup. Two things. First, I am thankful they did not split us up as a trio. They could have done that. Um, my guess is they considered doing that and didn't, so I'm thankful for that. Um, second thing, the time slot, I am super thankful we are not six to nine in the morning. I, I agree. I do not want to get up at four o'clock in the morning and prepare for a radio show. I'm a night owl. Um, Aside from the personal aspect of it, um, I think it takes away from what we do best, which is we're three really great friends, but outside of the show, we actually hang out and do things together. That's not the case for every radio show in town. And because of that, we can have listener events. We can have a midday 180 night out. We can go to a Preds game. We can go uh, after a Monday night football game down on Broadway with listeners. We could not do that if they had us waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to do a radio show at 6. I also agree. So, and and knowing that, and knowing that Braden had to try to do this, (laughs) and you did it well, by the way. Oh, thank you. You did it well. You should still be on the air. It it, it was ideal for us not to be in drive-time mornings. Just speaking for me, Paul, and Chad. I don't know the inner workings of the decisions. I'm thankful for those two things. Um, I would prefer if it's a four-hour show, uh, based on what we do best, to be 11 to 3, if you're going to keep us in the midday time slot instead of 9 to 1. 9 to 1, to me, is not really a time slot. 9 o'clock counts as drive time in the morning, and you know, 1 o'clock going into 2 o'clock still counts for what they're trying to achieve before they get the drive time in the afternoon. So I feel like we're, we're filling a lot of space there and a lot of different news hits between the hours that we're on. Uh, but all things considered, it could have been a lot worse than what it ended up being for us. Um, so that's what I keep telling myself: is nine to one's just fine because it's not six to nine. Jason and, and Ramon are doing great; like they are, they they're meant to be in that time slot. Ramon gets up early anyway, and Jason is used to getting up early with Clay Show on Fox Sports Radio. Not me; like I, I am like in you know deep sleep. At four o'clock in the morning. That's that's my prime time to get some rest.
0: I don't know what deep sleep is actually. <laughs> Hutton. Um, all right, we've buttered you up enough here. Um, Let's what, go. What we want to crank it up. Yeah, what we want to talk about today in 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 more in depth for the for the listener out there and the sports fan in Nashville that consumes media and people consume it in seven second attention spans and they consume it on their phones and they consume it everywhere. And we're going to get into a lot of the. I think fans need to understand the dynamics at play when a media entity has a major partnership with a sports team. And you are very unique in your role to speak to that because you've had to be, you have to do your radio show every day, Monday through Friday, and be loyal to your audience and and care about what they think and hear first. You also have to wear a different hat as a Titans radio employee. So before we get into some of those tensions and how that works and so that people can understand that, What I'd like to for you to sort of set an expectation for all the listeners and maybe explain quickly how, you know, just kind of give people your career arc real quickly as to when you got started with all that stuff, how it's evolved over the last few years and and sort of where you are now. Kind of give everybody a quick baseline understanding before we get into some of the the
2: deeper stuff. I am on 104.5 The Zone because of my Titans radio relationship. So at the time, Citadel Broadcasting – owned the rights to Titans Radio. They paid the Titans for the network. Titans Radio was in Citadel's building, which at the time, it is still there, was on 2nd Avenue, 2nd um, Avenue South. And it's now owned by Cumulus. Cumulus purchased Citadel and combined everything. So we're with Cumulus Nashville now, and they've been great. But I interned with with Larry Stone, Brad Willis, and and Mike Keith in the fall of 2005 and i have had some role with titans radio and the network since then Uh, internship in 2005 that carried over into a part-time producer role with the nashville cats and mike in 2006 i stayed on during that fall and was the parabolic mike the big satellite dish looking thing (laughs) on the sideline i did that in the fall of 2006 2007 mike asked me to go on the road with him with the nashville cats that was the last year that the cats were here And from there, that turned into a part-time gig as I graduated college in the building. And then from around 2008 to 2012, I did everything from uh, TitansRadio.com to covering the team and getting ready for pregame for Larry Stone, while also in order to, to just have a job. I, I did 103's website, the country website. I did 104.5, the zone updates for their website. And then I actually got some on-air time during that process on the weekends, just doing random updates or helping Doug Matthews do something on Saturday mornings and Sundays for Big Orange Sunday, whatever it might be. Um, and then I was just in the building because of Titans Radio. Whenever the opportunity came up, when, when Plaster left and there was some – Uh, in limbo and what Willie was going to do, what Darren was going to do. 3HL ended up moving to the afternoon time slot, and that opened up midday 180. And I was in the building. Chad, we thought Chad was going to go to 1025. He didn't. He ends up staying on with us. It was me, Paul, and Joey Kent at the time was going to be the third member. And Joey had a much better job than working in radio. He would tell you that, and (laughs) I will certainly – tell you that based on the money he's he's hauling in right now um he he decided not to take the gig and around that same time we learned that chad didn't necessarily want to go to the game he wanted to stay with the zone which we were surprised by because everybody had followed plaster over to 1025 and whenever that happened he met with paul uh, because i already knew chad chad and pk didn't really know each other that well and that started midday 180 but i also was able to keep my relationship with Titans Radio, there was a there was a small window time frame where I was only doing midday one hundred and eighty and not doing Titans Radio, and that was maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, but off and on, I've been doing something with them in some capacity because of the partnership between Cumulus, Titans Radio, and the Tennessee Titans.
1: I, I think the thing that's the most unique about your role is you have a role specifically with the team and then you have this daily role with a show yeah i mean the the station's affiliated but those are different sorts of things is there any tension between the two i mean specifically those i mean if you've been doing this for 15 years some not good teams in there and oh some
2: terrible teams
1: and so the the conversations that you may be having with people um, callers or with other people on air are naturally going to be different than what's going to be happening on Titans radio. Is that, does that completely agree there have.
2: So let me, let me say this, that people, I've never been asked this question, but I've thought about it a lot because I've heard like how the Preds will treat certain people. Um, Not one time and I will swear on anything in our, on our desk here at The Standard, not one time has the Titans told me I can't go there or not say something. That has never happened to me. But I'm also not an idiot. So, so I'm not going to... I, I can toe the line and know what I can and can't say uh, in certain situations, as long as I'm being fair. I think they know as long as I'm being fair and honest to m- what my opinion is, that's no different than the guy next to me in the studio. Um, but I can also use certain things that I see behind the scenes as as background for why I form my opinion. And, and maybe that brings me closer to neutral. Maybe that makes me a homer in certain situations. Um, but I'm okay with that because I think that we have a nice balance on the show where Paul and Chad will call me out for it. And I can also be a, a firm in a situation where if I think, you know, PK or Chad is being a bit unfair on a player, knowing that I saw the guy on the team flight, even though I can't say it. I saw the guy, well, Mariota's a great example. Mariota, the night he broke his ankle uh, in Jacksonville, sat in the row in front of me, all taped up, knowing that his season was over. But I saw all the teammates come up to him on the flight home, telling him certain things and what, like, what he meant to that locker room, even though he's not a vocal guy. Um that's the time where guys can go to the back of the plane and play cards or do whatever they want and they were coming up there saying certain things to him. I don't go back on the show the following Monday and say here is what Delaney Walker told Marcus Mariota, but I can f- file that away the next time someone questions Mariota's leadership within the locker room. So I can use that to my advantage even though I'm not quoting what I hear and see on a team flight. That's to my advantage um some may say i should be you know put myself more out there with what i see but that's to me that's just kind of the unwritten rule of you get on the flight you have the advantage of being there don't ruin uh the information that you're given use it to your advantage i I don't know if that uh, answers your question at all but
0: i I think you answered it pretty clearly that no one's ever said anything to you about anything and i think one person
2: I, i think what's interesting is Hunt didn't know my name, but you know, he's, he wouldn't say anything anyway, but he did not know anyone's name. He doesn't know a lot of names yet. Right.
0: Uh, I would say what's interesting is I think that fans don't understand the element of don't make it personal. I think it's, it's really all the, the only rule you really need is don't make it personal. And, and that I think is, is sort of how I explain to people the way you just explained fairness, right? You you use the word fair. And I, I would say as, as long as it's, so and so didn't execute a play or didn't run the route the right way it's not about that person it's not about who they are as a person it's about right. the job is to analyze a football play and at at some point you get paid millions of dollars to take a little criticism when you don't execute correctly so i think it's to me it's always been don't make it personal i also think to your to your point about the flight and the, you know that kind of stuff maybe explain to people where the line is on when when you are allowed to pull on that, when you're not allowed to pull on that information, when you can, when you know that you've got the freedom to say something on your on your radio show, that will be something you know your audience needs and wants because you're doing your job there. Okay, but you know that it's like you said, privileged sort of information that is. There's the unwritten rule of I have a different role here. I've got to be wary of that hat that I wear.
2: It, it's like um, people like my my family members have asked me like, how do you turn the switch on and off, right? Like how do you go from the reporter mentality to the Titans radio part of the team mentality? So I'll give you an example. So if Kendall Wright is late to a team flight, I'm not going to say anything about that. Uh, maybe people, because that did happen. Maybe people um, think that's, wrong but as long to me like if he misses the team flight and then he's not at the game and you know crap happens it's going to be out there anyway and if he ends up making the flight if the the flight if the if the team waits on him which they did um if the team waits on him to make the flight for a you know three win football team what difference does it make you know what i mean like it's a terrible team that's waiting on a player to you know hopefully make a difference on game day like that's just kind of the stuff that's just water watering the bridge for me. But, um, you know, if certain players are needing help on the team flight after a game, the, the official injury report's not out. But I, I, can, I can allude to things, I feel like, that are within the bounds of what I'm able to see. I'm not going to come out and say if Taylor Lewan, give an example. I wasn't on the team flight after Minnesota, so I have no idea. But what's his status for this week if they play? No clue, Braden. Like, but that that would be my assessment right now. If I'm on the flight, I, maybe I see something—a shoulder wrapped up or whatever it might be. I can say it's a—you know—it's definitely a shoulder, or it's not a— you know—all the speculation: was it a concussion? Was it an ankle? Was it a shoulder? I mean, they checked the—the the guy had a full body scan. It felt like on the field. <laughs> Those are things I can allude to after the fact, if there's a lot of speculation. I feel like in certain instances, the player and the team would rather not have speculation about what's going on than me just sit there after seeing something and allow Paul, no fault of his own, just using Paul as an example, to speculate about what's going on on the radio show that a lot of people are listening to and then tweeting about or fans that are tweeting in and back and forth. Um, I'm, I'm not going to rule a guy in or out based on what medication he's getting on the flight, but I can at least say, hey, it's, it's, he's not in concussion protocol, right? Like that would be an example. I don't know if that, if that helps uh, unblur the lines at all, but um, if, I, if I had any question on what I could or could not say, I would clear it with the team. I've never had to do that. I promise you I've never called Robbie Boren. I've never sent a text to the coach or the general manager asking, can I go with this? there's just a trust factor and I know if if I step over the line I won't be on the flight the next week but at the same time it's a pretty big line I would have to cross because I, I I don't think they really are are getting into the minutia of okay is uh is Hutton talking about the third string tight end who missed the flight i don't I don't think that impacts game day at all
1: but is that a is that a franchise issue because I mean there there are definitely franchises in the league that oh, are, I'm sure. that are that anal about. Uh, about that information?
2: I think it, I think there's a personal relationship after being around for so long, um, that, that maybe helps out a bit where they, I'm not trying to screw either side here, but you know, let let me give you an example. I'm also not paid to break news, right? Like if the zone were paying me to break news, I would be pissed if I were the zone about how the access that i have versus what i don't or, or do or don't report um so that's the other thing here is i'm able to play both roles because i know exactly black and white what i'm able to see and not see say and not say and there's a trust factor there uh that that's going on paul's the one that's paid to break news not me uh, and he pays himself now but he you know he's he's paid through his his own side to do that so I let Paul break the news, and then I can give my two cents, no matter, you know, good or bad, uh, or whatever that's worth, um, to, to the story itself. Sometimes I don't see anything on those flights. Like, I'm, I'm using the flight as an example because that's the access that I have the advantage of that a lot of people don't have. There's only roughly 120 people on the flight, 140 on the flight, and I'm one of the very few that has a—I'm the only one that has a daily radio show that's on there, so— what time? Perfect timing with the standard. Bringing some drinks in. Appreciate that. So, let, let me give an another example. So, there is Greg Papa out in San Francisco who does a midday show on KNBR. And he's also the play-by-play voice of the San Francisco 49ers. This, like... Th- it's not unusual to see someone that calls a, a football game also have a show talking about the team and being critical. I think, again, it goes back to as long as you're being fair and you're informed, I don't think there's a big line there that that, that teams can be upset about. What can you argue? Yeah, you, you should have played better, and, you know, yeah, Wizenhunt put Wills Vitek at left tackle and allowed – Zack Mettenberger his boy to get his his brains beaten in like, but,
1: but that's, not, that's not true even of all teams in this market. Oh I know
2: yeah. yeah but but again like that's on that's on the team and that's also on how bosses respond to the team. If you allow yourself to be leashed, the teams will take every advantage of that to do so. Uh, if you want to be a pro sports market, sack up and take a little criticism. Like, let's just, let's put that out there. I don't know if the Titans, top to bottom, are the best example of handling criticism. I can only speak to myself. And look, I'm not overly critical about the franchise. and I'm not overly critical about uh, the Nashville Predators either. But if something needs to be said, and it's said on our show, I feel like as long as it's fair and balanced, let it go. And, if, it's, and if, if the organization has a problem with it, call us directly instead of going up uh, on the food chain. I, I, have, I haven't heard anything on that personally. And I'm, I'm sure Paul has gone back and forth with the team more than I have. I'm certain of it. But at least they handle that internally with Paul and whatever's going on with the coach or the GM or whatever over the years. I'm not specifically saying the 2020 Tennessee Titans. Um, at least have that one-on-one conversation and the relationship instead of just saying, here's the blanket rule on what you can and can't say. I would take it on a case-by-case basis on whether or not that person is being fair and informed. I think the informed part is, is critical in all of it. I always found it very easy to change the hats, actually. It's not that difficult.
0: I, I' never found it that hard. Uh, I, I hosted uh, the, the Pred's Player show, Smashville Live, which was, yeah. was the best was one of the I think it was the highest rated show in the market at its time. And it was not difficult for me at all to sit down with Ryan Ellis and Matthias Eckholm and ask them adult questions that, that largely were about where their heads are at, getting to know them. It was a player's show that was designed for predators fans to enjoy getting to know their team more. and I never had a problem with the execution of that product being about like I, I had I had so much fun doing that show. I had so much fun doing that show and it was when you're in that role, you know the role that you're in. It's not that complicated. and when I was when you're in the role as a radio host coming on and speaking to the entire market about team or not whatever happened the night before good or bad there's it's just a totally different role and your loyalty has to be to your audience first otherwise i personally believe that people who listen to you will see through it and again not making it personal to me was always the line that i drew as long as you don't make it personal there's good and bad exactly there's no real reason to, to get upset about it. I just never found it that difficult to, to change those rules.
2: It's really not. Uh, and I say good and bad. Like, I'm also not trying to be buddy-buddy with the players or the coaches. Like, that that's the other thing, too, is if you're out and you, and you see these guys, like, I, I had a relationship with Logan Ryan because he did the player show with us on the on the program. Um, but it was just a, a friendly business relationship where I helped his charity out hosting a couple of things and he did the the zone radio show. But it's not like I checked in with him after the game to see what was said inside the locker room. Like I I just never have tried to do that because um, that's where I think the line could get a little hazy is if if I'm at the team hotel and I know that the all the meetings and all the players are congregating on the fourth floor, I'm not on the fourth floor for a reason. My room is not on the fourth <laughs> floor. Like I'm up on 17 because I'm far away from the fourth floor. I'm not going to go to the fourth floor and just walk around like it. It's not that difficult to to separate yourself and and just go call a game, which we're, we're there to do. It's not, I'm not there to break news. I'm there to help Titans radio call a game.
0: Yeah. I I did the same thing with, with Avery Williamson and, and uh, Rashad, Rashad Johnson a couple of years ago. And again, I, you know, I have a relationship with them. If I needed something, I could reach out to get information, but it was never, I wasn't trying to be friends. And I do think that's, I'm not sure if, if fans truly understand that element of it. That just because you as a fan, I don't think
2: they should though. Like a, it's, it's a, okay it, to just be
0: blindly yeah. ignorant and just love the like. Because yeah. again, I I get I know you've gotten this. Everybody gets this in sports. I, I want someone who loves my team to cover my team, and I I I don't think that's what I don't know. I personally don't believe that's what fans. I really don't want.
2: consume that media. I don't. I like. I liked. Yeah, I, I like the coverage from from what the rival sites were doing, Braden, back whenever you and I first met, uh, what 24-7 and everyone's trying to do now, instead of the rah-rah college mentality, which is what's going on at a lot of places. I I want more middle ground than one way or the other. I don't want to be completely negative. I also don't want, uh, you know, I I think there's some great content right now at TennesseeTitans.com, but I just don't go to TennesseeTitans.com for all of my Titans news because they're not going to report on why Isaiah Wilson's missing practice. So just you know, spread we, the love a little bit, right?
1: Was, so so we're doing this on the day that a couple of three Titans have, have tested positive. Yep. They've shut operations down for the week. It's interesting that, that you say that about kind of the breaking news when how'd that happen on those that happened during the show today oh it it?
2: happened 30 minutes into the show right so 15 minutes into the show
1: so how do you react to something like that is all of a sudden everybody's on there everybody's texting or everybody's texting yeah
2: but okay here's here's the here's the great thing about just reacting in real time i'm reacting in real time just like I would say 95% of the people inside the Titans organization are reacting. They have no clue. They've just been told to pack up and go home. So they're tuned into the show, and we're reading tweets from Diana Rossini. Paul's confirming news. Schefter's tweeting out that the game could be played on Monday night. I then throw out, okay, what's the timetable for a Thursday night game? I'm proposing a Tuesday night game with a quick turnaround for Sunday because the CBA's already agreed to that quick turnaround for players. Um, again, I, I'm just throwing things out there because that's what we would be doing around a bar, a sports bar, having dinner. Uh, that's what we would be doing if we were talking amongst friends at the Titans facility with people. So there's, uh, there, there's there's the expectation that we're going to follow the news on the show and trying to figure out exactly how the, the Titans go about that as well. And the Again, like I don't, it's not like I take off one hat and put on the other. When I'm doing Midday 180, I am all about Midday 180. Like I'm, I'm not worried about what people inside the Titans organization think about what I say. But I'm also professional enough to where I feel like whatever I say, if they have a problem with it, they'll call me, which they've never, they've never done that. And if I have a huge issue with how I should handle something, I would pick up the phone and, and, and call them as well. And we would come to some agreement. It's not like I defer to them on okay. What would the Titans say about this? I'm I'm trying to figure out okay, if the if the coach didn't go but they they still played the game, is it, it, did they follow the right protocol? We're discussing all of that in real time, and it's all fair to me on on how we go about and ask those questions right now.
0: One of the things that fascinates me the most about the me- the sports media in particular, and it probably. Can be rolled out to the the media writ large, and that is the pressure, and and people who that listen to this show are going to always hear me say this over and over again because it's just something I, I I at my core believe in right now, the 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 weight and the pressure, for the listener, the consumer, the fan, to differentiate between fact and opinion is never been oh, harder ever in the I history agree. of the world, and so all of the pressure, to decide between. What has been reported? Because you, again, you, you, where I'm going here is that you said my job isn't to break news, and, personally, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah And, yeah. and I, I'm the same. I believe that's that's how my job is. I've never viewed in in 16 years of working in this, I have never viewed my job to as to, the person to break news. That I am not a reporter. I am infotainment. I am in, opinionated. I am. You you listen to to whatever work I'm doing because it's I have ideally informed and educated and thought through opinions about something that we all love together. But I don't think that the listener anymore, I think this was obvious when the newspaper world and, and Steve can speak to this. I, I think the newspaper world made it so clear what was reporting and what was op-ed, what was opinion. And you know, even it was on in your,
2: bold print right, a, it, right at the was top of it. Right it
0: hit you right in the face. Yeah. And I think it made it so easy for consumers to understand, all right, this is the fact. These are the facts of the story and these are the opinions of XYZ personnel. And you just alluded to that, like, hey, my job is not to break news. My job is to X, Y, and Z. And, and so maybe go into a little bit more detail when when you and Paul, and again, I, I know you don't physically take a hat off and actually think about it, because it just happens. But maybe go into a little bit more detail about when, when PK is breaking a story, the things he has to do versus your reaction to that same story, even if it's like you said, the COVID thing on Tuesday.
2: Okay, so uh, let's use today's show as the prime example. Whenever Paul confirmed Diana Russini's report that the that the facility was going to be closed until at least Saturday, that was the report from Russini, and Paul confirmed it. That happened while we're live on air during a 28-minute segment where we don't have a commercial break. Paul didn't wait to tease the, the news he did not uh, text us ahead of breaking that news. He just tweeted it out. And then he copies the tweet and sends us a group text, and I see it. And then we're off and running. So that's, that's Paul playing both sides, which I'm totally fine with. It benefits the show and his site when he confirms the news. I tease that coming up we've got some, some confirmation on the protocols that the Titans are going to have to adhere to through the NFL. And we'll have that on the other side of the break, you know, whatever it might be, 104.5 The Zone. And we come back from break and discuss it. But it's not uh, – it's never been a real challenge on trying to figure out, okay, Paul, chase this story. Chad, chase this story. I'm going to sit here and just, you know, twiddle my thumbs. Like it, we we, we text people and then we kind of discuss things during the break where we come to a decision on how we handle it. Or Paul's chasing something where – Hey, Hutt, give me fifteen minutes on this before you bring this up. I'm gonna to try to get one more source. Like, right, and then we we build up to whatever the news might be. The last time I really broke anything <laughs> was 2012 when Peyton Manning visited. And <laughs> uh, they were going through that and I knew for a fact that they were gonna be working out in Knoxville, not in Nashville. They were gonna have a meeting in Nashville, but they were gonna work out in Knoxville and I got that deep within the organization, so I, I report that news, and I'll use that as an example. The Titans didn't get upset with me, even though Peyton did not want that out there—that they were working on in Knoxville. The Titans didn't get upset with me then, so they won't get upset with me now if I reported news. But I'm not—I'm—I'm I'm better at setting Paul up for what he does best than I am trying to step on his toes when he's well-sourced and well—and he's deep within the organization. There's really no need for me to to try to beat him on any story. Instead, I'll sit back and allow him to get it, take the credit, and then that benefits the show because he's on the show. You guys think that's fair, or do you think I'm? No, I think that's totally fair. I don't have any issue with that at all.
0: Again, I've never viewed my role as a radio host.
2: I'm I'm a facilitator, right? like Like, and that that to me, Braden is that is a big that is a. That's a positive for midday one eighty. I think the three of us know exactly what our roles are. And, I'm and, I'm the facilitator. Chad's going to be great and opinionated on different aspects of the local sports, and Paul's going to be high and mighty on the Titans. But but it, we know that going in and we build that up to the best of what we can what we can do on a daily basis.
1: And and I think that when as we say that those lines get blurred, I mean yeah especially in, especially in kind of a social media era everything gets blurred in, yes. into this kind of combination of opinion and fact but that's what i find the most fascinating is as a fan if you're listening if you're listening to a show like this the the ones that are the most successful are the ones that have those lines sort of drawn out as opposed to i can you know th- there's any number of different shows around that that's not the case where where that that those lines just, well, there
2: are hosts who have to work a lot harder than, than we do. But you know what I mean? Like, they have to be more than just the facilitator and the college guy and the pro guy. Like, they have to play. Like, I, I fully acknowledge that. There, there are hosts who have to tweet out what they're having for dinner and then also go have a radio show the next day because they have to be like a, I don't want to say a character. It's not that they're playing anything other than themselves, but they have to be interesting Um, I'm not tweeting out a bunch of stuff. If I'm watching a game, I'm not tweeting out that I'm watching the Lakers and I think LeBron sucks tonight. Like, I don't think anybody cares what I think about what LeBron has to do on a game night. Like, to me, personally, I I don't care what local hosts in Nashville think about LeBron James. So why would I tweet that out? But there are certain people that that have to do that because tomorrow they're going to have to play all these different roles to make sure that their radio show is entertaining. So... Uh, th- th- that's a benefit for me to have that knowledge instead of trying to be something I'm not. I'm I'm not the I'm not the rah-rah uh, shock jock. I- I'm not going to be able to play that role. I would not be good hosting a radio show solo. Like I fully say that, and I know that. But at least I know that. I-, I try to know what I don't know. I would not be good doing that because I don't know how to play a lot of different roles and be, you know, this boisterous, opinionated guy. Because I feel like I would be way outside my element and pretending to be someone instead of just being focused in on what I do best. I, I think people know it. I think people know that. Absolutely.
0: When, when somebody is not that or they're pretending to be something that they're not. And again, we're sort of shifting gears here a little bit. But I do think that.
2: No, and, th- and, this and, is the inside baseball <laughs> business talk right here. No,
0: you're right. And I, and I do think that there are tons of people who are genuinely that way. That, that work in sports media and are just flamboyant characters. And that's okay sure. for them to be like that. I'm more with you. Like I've done, God, I don't know. I've done a, a million hours of solo radio. I am not funny doing solo radio. I've just never been funny person in that setting. I, I can do it. You're going to be smarter listening to it, but it's not my strength. I, I, I only can be mildly funny when someone else is in the room to sort of help me along. Like, like, like you, I know where my strengths lie. And um, I I think that it's okay to be that, that flamboyant caricature. It's okay to not as long as to me. And again, this is what 440 sports is all about. And this is what all the shows on the network are about. Rate, review and subscribe. It is about people being who they are. And I think the fans of of sports, we've gotten so far away from that. We're just not the media infrastructure forces you to sort of do certain things. And in, in light of that, it forces people to change who they are. And I don't believe that. Uh, and I think it's a credit and a testament to your show that you guys can sort of still have the freedom to be who you are authentically and still be working at a giant legacy media corp company.
2: Well, I've referenced the show a lot tonight because, you know, uh, we're, we're discussing we're, we're taking back layers here. It's not really about me when it comes to midday 180. It, you know, it, it's, it's the different roles that the three of us play that, that bring in the actual show product. So I, I know it, it, role sounds like we're pretending to do something. It's not. When I say role, I'm saying we, we know what we do well. Paul doesn't take a, a, a big front seat on college football talk because he doesn't do that well. But I can say that on your podcast because Paul's going to say that on your podcast whenever he's on your show, if he if he, he has the ble- blessing of, of Braden. He he has <laughs> he has said that to me okay. on your show. There you go. <laughs> Out loud. I mean,
0: you know, I don't think but, we're, I don't think we're breaking news here that Paul yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, like yeah. college football. But, he's but, wrong. He's wrong because college football is exceptional. Oh, it's great. But he doesn't like college football. And that's okay. Like again, but, he doesn't pretend to be something he's not. Right,
2: right. So but you know, we, we feel like uh, the three of us collectively make a good product. Chad has hosted Solo and it does a great job. I would not be good solo. I don't know how Paul feels, but Paul doesn't, he, it's hard for him to go in and record his own podcast solo. So I don't, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't think that the three of us would be very, very good as a split up product just discussing media on our own here. It's, it's a trio. Of, of what we do well. So um, luckily I've found a little niche of what, what I feel like I do well. And I'm with two guys that help prop me up and hopefully I facilitate and put the ball on the tee for them too.
1: All right. The, I'm going to circle back to something here. Uh, everybody listening to this can hear my voice and then they can hear Mr. Hutton's voice and they can <laughs> hear a vast difference between them. Uh, when did you know you had the pipes and And when did you say, hmm, maybe my best gifts are going to be in radio?
2: The first time I listened to myself on tape was during the Titans Radio internship. Like, I didn't do it in college. It was weird hearing myself. Was I not with you the first time you ever went on the air in Murfreesboro? No. The first time I went on the air was, no, hang on. You, was it with Childers and yes. Bobby?
0: I'm almost 100% positive. I was sitting in the studio, but like in the back corner by myself, like twiddling my thumbs.
2: And I have no idea what you guys talked about. Was but it I'm, radio?
0: Yeah. I'm, it was uh, a, it was my a, first
2: time on air was TV, though. Okay. It, w- it was with Childers on Couch Potatoes. When was the first? <laughs> Perfect
0: name for him. When?
2: When... <laughs> Although now it's like a racing, an eye racing seat or something. What uh, Childers, by the way, great solo. Yes, great solo. Like that. There's an example of a guy who can. Chris do- Chris Childers,
0: by the way, is who you're talking
2: about. Yeah, he, he he can do multiple roles and do them well. Like I don't have the gifts that he has, where you can put him down. Yep. Say you've got three hours. Go entertain. Like he's got that.
0: And it's not. And this is a guy that I was. I was in his wedding. He was in mine. It is not a caricature. He's not, no, he's not but that's, fake at but all. But we know that,
2: going back to your point. Right. My my like I didn't know I didn't declare a major, Steve, until my junior year of college. So it's not like I you know, I'm Mr. Media and I, you know, I'm I'm the next voice of whatever. No, I had no idea. Um I was just really into sports and I wanted to work in sports. I first thought I wanted to be in print so I, I was working with uh, the newspaper in McMinnville, Southern Standard. I would write for the college new newspaper at MTSU. Um, but then I went to radio and TV. I thought I was going into TV and then got the internship with Mike Keith. But I grew up, this is going to date Mike and he'll hate this. I grew up listening to Mike. And whenever I learned that they had someone drop out and someone at, at MTSU said, you should apply for this, I, I, I didn't qualify based on, me being a junior at MTSU, had to be a senior to have the internship. But I applied anyway, got it, and then tried to work the channels through MTSU to get the internship, which I finally got credit for because I had to get college credit to do it. And at first they didn't want to let me break break protocol, and then eventually they did, thankfully. Thank you, Sydney McPhee. Um, but they, they allowed me to do it, and then one thing led to another. I didn't even go on air until – my Pac-Man Jones interview was 2007 or 2000. Yeah, 2007 is when he was suspended. Um, That's the first time I was on air across the network. So it's not like I I knew I had some pipes and stuff. I just, you know, I had to find out what my passion was. And I love radio. It's funny
0: to hear you explain that because I have a very similar path through, like I studied advertising in college. Now, I uh, have been annoying people by talking too much my entire life. And so I just figured out a way to monetize it. And that's that's how I learned that there oh I can do something like this. This is, you know, I was obsessed with every sport on the planet my entire life, like like you were. And then I sort of stumbled into working at rivals.com and then all of a sudden you you like you said, you meet somebody, you get one opportunity, yeah. you, one person takes your resume to another place and all of a sudden you're there. I, I do have one more question about the Titans radio side of things, and, and I wanna make sure people hear this this sort of explanation in this answer, because I do think that what is, and maybe fans understand this more than I am giving giving them the credit for. Maybe I'm wrong on this and, and I'd love to hear your opinion, but the idea that you have to face the people you are talking about, whether you're a reporter, whether you're oh, yeah. a radio host. That's big to me. But especially someone like you, where you have to be a part of both organizations, which are sep I don't, people need to understand the Titans radio network is a separate organization from midday 180 and yes and your broadcast corporation so those are two different jobs and people need to understand that you know when you do a radio show that when you say something that you're going to have to face that person at some point during the season and they they may not like it but again it's it's about how you approach that topic that makes the difference and i want fans to understand that
2: well i mean i mean let's let's um let's just look at it from this perspective what It's the same thing of having the mentality of, would you talk behind someone's back without saying it to their face? So if you're willing to say it on a radio show, but you're not willing to walk through a locker room, it doesn't have to be on a daily basis. Like I'm, I'm approachable at least once a week in a normal non COVID NFL season. I'm in the locker room at some point. Like they they can go to, they know exactly where to find me on the team flight. Right? Like, I sit in the same seat every single week on the on the charter. So they they can find me. I again, I'm I'm available. That's what you're saying. Like if you say something about the quarterback or the running back or you call somebody a scrub, like you you're able to face the music if you have to hash it out. Same thing for a coach. If a coach disagrees with what you're criticizing about their play calling or their decision making, time management, whatever it might be, But I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. I feel like as long as you're fair and you're and you can actually, if you've actually thought and prepared for the show and your opinion on what you're going to say instead of just making something up, you should be able to argue your point fairly well in front of that person. The same way you would be able to do that on the radio show. So I, I I haven't, I haven't faced any of that. Um, Whenever I, you know, whenever you guys have Paul on, please ask him about this because he has had to face the music multiple times. But he does a great job with it. He doesn't back down if he has a strong opinion. He doesn't, you know, just agree to disagree. He walks away, but he also says, like, here's where I stand. Here's why. And then the very next day, he's back in the locker room doing his job. There's a lot of people that spout out a lot of stuff that don't step foot inside those doors. And what takes place behind the scenes and off the record, some guys don't want that. Uh, they just want the, uh, the, the ability to act like they're projecting some big voice or some big ofi- uh, opinion, but not actually hearing from the, the person that they're talking about. I, I, I shouldn't say just player because coaches and GMs factor in all this too, ownership factors into this. I, I'm, I'm willing to, to talk about it with anybody, and I hope most of the media uh, would agree with that. There are some that probably don't feel that way. Um, you know, I, I can have a big opinion about Vandy. And they could say I'm being – you know hypocritical of this I don't go to Vanderbilt's practice but I would hope that people over at Vandy know they can pick up the phone and call me like I'm I'm available to them if they need that I'm not there on a daily basis but again like you can be critical and and be uh, uh, available to uh to have a conversation with someone
1: You said something really interesting which is I love radio Yeah It's a weird time to be in radio in the sense of I mean you guys are Oh watched- I love it you guys have watched your ratings drop oh, they over have. the last six months because people aren't in their cars. It, it seems like radio is beginning to be disrupted in the way that in the way that print has been disrupted, in the way that broadcast has been disrupted.
2: You what, guys are in the right business.
1: What is the what is the, the kind of the future of radio and it's online. And is it gonna be is it gonna be as immediate and that, to me, that's the value of, well, of a daily show, of, of listening to something live after a game or before a game is to hear that sort of immediacy. Do we lose that with no, the changes that are not coming? not in
2: sports. Not in sports. Because sports are best consumed live and the reaction is live. Like the entertainment value is live to sports. I don't care what they said on TNT with Barkley. Today when he said it last night Like I want to watch that in real time I don't want to watch that on YouTube um, So I But I, I do think the interview style And the day to day Aspects of the show That needs to be embraced more By our company online Like that, that has to be the direction We're going They should be making a fortune Off of our online ratings right now You mentioned our ratings right now are down Because people are in their cars They are way up compared to where we normally are on podcast downloads. Normally on a given year, we're around a million podcast downloads in August. We hit that in uh, the beginning of May, and I haven't checked recently, but I'm, I'm sure we're 100% ahead of where we were. We've doubled where we were on a given year. Just based on the pandemic itself, people are consuming the show differently. More subscribers, more rates and reviews. You guys know it. Um, hopefully... The the, the the radio industry is headed in that online direction, the download direction. Um, I, I feel like there's been more of an emphasis on that. Um, people that are within my company that may be listening to this right now would say, yeah, we're working on it. But to me, like there needs to be a fast forward button because if you're not there yet, you're behind. And it, it's more online than it's ever been. And eventually we're, we're going to be fully I think we're getting to a point where in a car we're gonna have Sirius XM, but you can also go to a certain channel for, you know, the the podcast. The four hundred and forty podcast will be available as a button on your on your screen. I, th- I think that's where we're. It headed. won't it
0: won't even be a button, Hutton. That that was weird. It's not even gonna be a button, dude. It's just you're just gonna talk to your car. Okay, that too. You're just we'll gonna have say, Wi-Fi in our car.
2: You're gonna say midday one hundred and eighty hour one, that and it'll play. But that that's where we're headed, and I think as long as and and again. I may be behind, behind the times on where I think we'll be, and, and the, the technology is way ahead of my line of thinking here. But I think that's, that's the direction. is it, Sports is live. I, I don't think you, you don't want to tune in to a podcast on a Wednesday after a Monday where we're analyzing Titans-Vikings. You want it Monday. Um, you want it right after the game. Right after, right after the game ends, 31 to you want to react that that's that's the value of sports talk radio and it's it's not larger across the country than it is right here in the mid-south it's not necessarily nashville it's the mid-south footprint um and if you go to radio row at the super bowl and you see chicago and houston and la and new york and you see their station numbers they get a lot of attention because they have a lot of people listening to them but as far as the and, and you know this you break down the numbers Braden. If you break down the the numbers of actual people and the rating uh, the ratings of people listening, it is they come over to our our station and're like, "How do you guys pulling the number you're pulling we we're We're struggling here with three other you know competitors in our market, and you're just going hey it's it's because people want the live reaction. I think as long as that's the focus, radio will be fine. Radio will survive that, but they also have to adapt to the times, and it's more online than it it's ever been so I hope that people in the business, when they hear you, when they hear Cavendish mention, ratings are really low during the pandemic. The response should be, "Here's a sheet of paper with our online numbers." <laughs> I can't provide that to you because I haven't been sent that. But I know from my access on the podcast page exactly where our numbers stand. And if I'm the only one that will say that, I need to be one that says that.
0: Well, and there's a communal aspect to live radio as well. Uh, to your point about reacting in in real time, there's a communal aspect to that there's no there's no question. Uh, if you want to wrap things up here this evening and thank you for for joining us. We do appreciate it. Uh, give us the the, the the thing you want people to know about the job of having to work for both the Titans Radio Network and host the the show. What is the one thing that you want people to to sort of clearly understand and take from this conversation and and also maybe you know, give a little love to the to the standard is oh the standard's great
2: uh for hosting us here this evening well uh, yeah coach mac it's the mac hut corporation at at the standard (laughs) uh i'm here uh, courtesy of coach dave mcginnis let me throw that out there uh and that relationship is through titans radio um first off uh, three things to, to wrap up for me first off i love what i get to do i do not take it for granted that's the second thing I don't take it for granted because I don't think I'm the only person that could actually do what I'm doing. I'm not that, you know, high and mighty to where I think, oh, you know, screw these people that, that employ me because, uh, you know, if they lose me, they're not going to be able to survive. No, they they would pick up and, and move right along. Third thing, um, if you are listening to this and you are thinking about getting in the industry, do not listen to the trolls that tell you there's no money in media and there's no money in radio, print, and TV. You are going to have to live in a dining room, which I did. I had a bed in a dining room in Green Hills for five years. But eventually, you'll come out the other side if you stick with it. I I don't know who you guys were friends with in college and what their majors were, but the ones that were in my line of work or what they tried to do, most of them, are selling insurance or doing something else. Not that there's anything wrong with that line of work. My wife does that. But they're not doing what they wanted to do because they gave up. I would say stick with it. Don't listen to the people that say you're not going to make money and don't let that influence your approach to the business. It it nearly did for me. That that's why I held out declaring a major because everyone's like, Oh, there's no money in that. Do you do you want to be, you know, living on scraps whenever you're fifty? I'm thirty six and You know, I would look back on me at 20 years old and say, declare, like, go for it and go all in. I would go way in more than what I'd done, what I did at the time. Um, But just be willing to sacrifice. And once you get a job, be thankful for it. Uh, And if you work for people you enjoy, don't screw it up. Uh, Because there's a lot of bosses out there that are patsies that will you know, cower to the powers that be, every phone call that they get, and not back their employees and not back their hosts. And I've been fortunate enough to work for people who will come to us and say, hey, I've got your back. Here's what they're saying. What's your take? Let's be fair about this in our approach that is my final word on everything involving Titans Radio <laughs> and 104 5 the Zone.
0: Be prepared to be poor and frustrated for about 7 or 8 years and if you survive and still have a job, you're going to be just fine.
2: Everyone's poor right yes. out of college yes. though. Like everyone's like, "Oh, yes. I'm going to go to Wall Street and I'm going to be this, you know, no. okay. No. Okay. Let's see it. There's there's a, a small minority who are rich and famous at 25 years old. Jonathan Hutton, host of Midday 180, Titans Radio as well. Thank you, sir. We do appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Welcome to The Standard. Time for dinner.
0: Special thanks to Jonathan Hutton from 104.5 The Zone, host of Midday 180, as well as the Titans Radio Network for joining us this evening on our first real full actual episode, Steve. Uh, and of course, to The Standard for hosting us, we di- we've done one episode. One real episode, Steve, and we've already taken this show on the road, baby.
1: Do we get drinks every episode?
0: We can make that happen if we need to. Uh, We might need to. I have a bar here. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to take from that. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I think Hutton was very open and honest about all these different forces at play and all the different things that are going on in his life as a professional. Um, The number one thing for me, Steve, and I know you've got plenty to react to, the number one thing for me is knowing that this, this business is not personal. And that when you say something about somebody, you, you need to either be available for them to talk to you, able to speak them to their face about what you're saying and not making it about, again, who they are as a person. It, it's a, the job is to analyze sports <laughs> exactly. and we, and sometimes we lose every, all these big forces can lose sight of how delicate it is. People's feelings. No, it's, it's not personal. I don't think you're a bad person because you dropped a football, you know, like I, but my job is to still, to still tell my audience that you dropped the football.
1: Right. The interesting thing for me is one of the reasons why I asked Hutton about the ratings was because that's the marquee franchise for 104.5 right now. When they when they reshuffled their lineup here about a month ago, they were looking for ways to sort of spread midday 180 around. And I think the reason why is, is that those three guys, Hutton, Kuharski, and Withrow, are pretty authentic on air, and that comes through. And, and I think the ratings certainly sort of bear out. In my mind, most shows that are authentic tend to do better over the long run. They've been together for a long time. They've got a certain chemistry. It's not an accident. And and it just sort of bears out. And that's why, you know, that's why 104.5 right now is, has got them on like in the morning. And then they're doing a little bit of them here in the evening to kind of spread out that chemistry around their, you know, around their their schedule. And it just kind of comes through. I mean, Hutton's a Hutton's an interesting guy. He's got a, a wealth of knowledge about the Titans, and he is he is one of the more authentic voices here in town.
0: Absolutely. I think authenticity, which is what I have founded, what we have founded 440 Sports and, and Lamestream Sports on, is to be as honest with you guys as possible at all times. I, I am not the, the Roo-Ra-Ra, as Hutton referred to there. I am not the Roo-Ra-Ra college you know, Homer guy, that's just never been my style. I'm also not the shock shock either. So I know my lane, I know where I'm supposed to be. And I want to give you guys, you know, what what I think is the best of my abilities without going outside of the framework of what I think is, is what I do well. And, and I, I hope that this show is, is, is a part of that and illustrates all the forces at play that sort of make that, that happen. Uh, but again, I think not making it personal, being fair, being an adult about stuff and being transparent and authentic. I think those are the things that, that have made midday 180 successful and made Jonathan Hutton successful as well. You mentioned ratings. So let's finish up the show here, unless you've anything else you want to touch on. All right, let's finish up the show here with ratings and recs. Every week we'll, we'll dive into the top five shows in the market, television sports shows in the market, and then give you guys some recommendations on what we're consuming. Number one, Titans Vikings, 23.7 rating. Number two, the Packers and saints, 13.5. Number three, the saints and Raiders, 12.7 12.7 Cowboys and Seahawks were number four in the market, 11.1 and the Tennessee Vols and the South Carolina Gamecocks were number five at 10.5. Each rating point is about 11,000 households. So you can do the math.
1: Yeah. So what that means is that that Titans Vikings game, you know, there's 260,000 households uh, that have the game on here in town. That means everybody's watching that game. And that's not surprising. Uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm for the, for the Titans this year. Uh, you know, they're three and O. Whenever they play again, will be you know we'll, I'm sure will be highly watched too, but the but the interesting thing to me is you know these the top four slots here in one of the biggest you know college football markets in the country are NFL and I think there's kind of a I'd say there's sort of a disruption of most college football fans viewing habits you know you, you we didn't even know there was a season right for a while did didn't know there was a season and then these things sort of gear up when you know sec school plays a directional school for the for you know week zero week one there's momentum growth right and so by this time in the season there's big games well that first slate of of that first slate of games didn't really have like the big marquee game i I joked about it when they announced it you know this is the jefferson pilot 11 a.m. slate of (laughs) games kind of across the board there wasn't there wasn't anything there that you were just like oh man i have to watch this and so when you look at the ratings I think across the board, they were down seventeen percent year over year for college football. For for uh, for SEC on CBS was okay. w- was down that they were down uh, less than that, but across the board uh, for all college football and for the SEC, and so people are are getting to this kind of late.
0: There are other other factors at play that we have to make sure that sort of master the obvious stuff, but want to make sure people understand, and that is that SEC, Tennessee-South Carolina game was on SEC Network versus Packers-Saints, which was on NBC. So there's a difference between broadcast and cable. There's obviously a huge difference there. Coming up this weekend, you're going to have Alabama and... Texas a m as the CBS game of the week at two 30. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that does against the Tennessee Missouri game. So keep an eye on that. Those are your ratings, Titans, Vikings, again, number one, the Titans will probably be number one every week from here until they're done playing. So just we'll, we'll do that every day or every time on the end of the show. Recommendations, Steve Cavendish. I, I, let me throw mine out there cause it's not uh, sports related, but I want to throw mine out there because I'm a huge chef's table fan. It's how I calm down in the 2020 <laughs> pandemic world. The way it's shot, the beauty of it, it is so elegant, and I love food. I love booze. I love all the things that they put in that show, and again, I I find it to be very calming and soothing. Maybe you will, too, so check it out. The reason I suggest it is that in the latest season of Chef's Table, a Nashville chef is featured, Sean Brock, who's got a a fascinating personal story and and has overcome a lot in his life, who actually is my neighbor just down the street here, uh, is the chef at Husk. Uh, and I believe is opening up a second restaurant in East Nashville called Audrey's, which is his grandmother's name. And so really fascinating episode about it, it has got the Hermitage hotel in it where he got started. So go check that out. I would recommend it. If you like food, if you like booze, if you like Nashville stuff, I think, uh, the episode on Sean Brock, I think it's in the latest season of chef's table. So go check that
1: out. So the chef's table stuff is some of the most beautifully shot stuff on Netflix. It's, it's hundred percent food porn, uh, So the, they, and then if you like that, for Labor Day, Netflix dropped a four episode chef's table series just on barbecue. Tootsie. Uh, and so you have got Tootsie Tamana. I'm I'm gonna mangle her last Just name. Just call her Tootsie. Yeah, Tootsie. she's like '86
0: running Snow's Barbecue in the middle of Texas. You've got Just uh, crushes.
1: Rodney Scott, which is was actually directed by a local guy. It's a guy. It's a director up in Clarksville. He actually directed the Brock episode as well. But the best episode in there it features an Australian whose name escapes me right now, but it's absolutely fascinating. This guy showed up as sort of the interpreter when he was working for, when he was working for a restaurant in Northern Spain in a Bourdain episode 10 years ago, he, <laughs> and, and, and just kind of cooking over a fire. Yep. It, it's absolutely fascinating. If you're into food, you should, you should definitely check all those out.
0: All right. What do you got for people, Steve? Um,
1: so i I've watched the first couple of episodes of The Life and Times of Oscar Pistorius, uh, you may remember him. He's his nickname was Blade Runner. He's the South African guy who ran in the Olympics in 2012. He had the he was a double amputee. He had to fight to get into the Olympics. He, he, it's sort of a fascinating story. And then if, if you don't remember, in 2013, Pistorius shot and killed his girlfriend. Uh, she was a South African model named Riva Steenkamp. It was a it was a controversial controversial episode he claimed that, that there was an intruder and he he was he woke up in the middle of the night he was disoriented he grabbed a gun he started shooting because he thought somebody had broken into their house uh, a, a, there's a lot of kind of controversy around the trial so it's been described as sort of like the OJ Simpson case of South Africa it, it is absolutely fascinating the guy who shot it uh, has done some other 30 for 30s including nine point79 which was about the about the the track scandal that got wiped out at the Olympics, uh, from the Seoul Olympics, when Ben Johnson, you know, broke all of Carl Lewis's records, it, it's it's absolutely engrossing. Uh, if you have an ESPN Plus uh, subscription, you can get it there. I think it's airing somewhere on e- on the ESPN networks. You know those those thirty for thirties appear. They just of, roll around. They just yeah. roll around. Yeah. But but well, all very well done. Well worth your time. It's it's just it's just some fascinating documentary work
0: two very different recommendations uh, a murder potentially or accidental death and a and some and some barbecue
1: both 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 <laughs> light light pandemic watching
0: yes exactly we want to thank jonathan hutton again for joining us in our first real episode here on Lamestream. you can follow steve cavendish on twitter at s cavendish of course with the nashville banner you can follow me at Braden gall any parting shots Steve?
1: No, that's pretty much it. If you're with us here to the very end, God bless you. Rate, review, and subscribe, please. Rate, you t- re- try it again. Rate, review, and subscribe. Smash the subscribe
0: button. <laughs> there you go. I, it's in his contract, folks. He's got to say smash on the program. Thank you guys for listening. Again, we do appreciate it. Stick with us. We're going to try to make everybody smarter here in Nashville. Uh, my name is Braden Gull. His name is Steve Cavendish. This is Lamestream Sports on the 440 Sports Network.